what's going on? Welcome back to the Nut House. <laughs> I wish I had a an actual legitimate reason for why this show is three weeks late. But I mean, I skipped the first week. I've been consumed with so many things, and I really didn't have a lot to talk about. I didn't have enough to fill thirty minutes three weeks ago, and when I finally did. I just wasn't in the mood to talk or try to be entertaining or humorous. Because the one thing, I have one prerequisite for this show. I need to be in a good mood when I record it. I've had so much. I have a lot of friends who are dealing with health issues. And that weighs on me. Then I had two very close friends contract COVID, which scared the shit out of me. One of them has a compromised immune system. She's battling cancer. So yeah, shit like that will keep me from acting like Jokey the Joke Man. But here's what I don't understand. This is now, God, at least six people who I know who are not only fully vaccinated, they've taken the boosters and they're still getting COVID and they're being careful. Now granted, the symptoms are mild and they, they didn't get the crap kicked out of them. But they still caught it. I mean, what the hell is that? Now, people now are questioning if the vaccine actually works. I say, yes, it does, okay? By and large, the people who end up in the hospital and or die are those who aren't properly vaccinated or they're just generally really sick anyway. So the shots are basically just keeping people out of the hospital. And I'll take that, but this is like, it's like taking birth control and still getting pregnant. If the only way to never get pregnant is to use a condom, would that be the same as saying the only way to not get COVID is to get the shots and wear a mask everywhere we go? And what kind of life is that? Condoms are no fun and neither are masks. All right. Everyone can agree on that. Then they lift the the mask mandate. The federal, you know, there's some federal ruling where they lifted the mask mandate. They said that, you know, you don't need to wear them on airplanes or transportation. So, of course, the airlines are like, thank God. So they say, okay, no more mask. You don't have to wear a mask on the plane. Now, that's a gift, right? I think that's a gift for the Democratic Party because they're taking a lot of heat on this mask thing. So then they turn around and say, no, look, if the CDC says you need to wear a mask, we're going back there. We're going to strike this down and you're still going to have to wear a mask on a plane. They just can't get out of their own way, you know. I don't know if you've had to travel during this whole thing. But to wear a mask the entire time, the minute you walk into the airport, you got to have a mask on. you got to wear it on the plane all the way till you get to your destination. Get your luggage. You know how long that takes sometimes. And then you have to exit the other airport before you take it off. Now, my travel is usually short. That's a total of maybe six or seven hours. But some people are traveling a long way and they're wearing a mask the whole time. I don't know how my daughters did it. You had to wear them all day at school. Fuck that noise. And it hit 100 degrees out here a couple weeks ago. Early April, we have a three-day heat wave. And then it eventually broke before the weekend. And it went right back to spring weather. I'm telling you, Mother Nature needs to change her name to Sybil. This sucks. Like, if you want to bring heat, bring it. But do it slowly, all right? It can't be 75 degrees today 
and then 100 degrees tomorrow. Son of a bitch. Like, I hate wearing shorts, right? Because my legs from the knees down to my feet are so skinny, I look like a chick with bulging veins. But fuck it. I'm bringing the... This this summer, I'm breaking the bastards out. I love wearing flip-flops. Even if my toenails have, have taken a beating from running. I went for a pedicure once. The girl looked at me like, you gotta be kidding, right? My big toenails look like a Rorschach test painted by Picasso. I ran a half marathon and lost my big left toenail about a month after the race, and things were just never the same after that. It's a funky-looking toe. And every time I start to get it to, to look good again, I'll run some more and fuck it up. I swear, my I'm like, I'm like my feet's worst enemy. Yeah, it was some sad news about Bruce Willis. Aphasia. Never heard of that one. Dementia just blows donkey dick, man. The stories that came out from the past five years, maybe longer. What they say? In the later years of his career, Willis starred in numerous low-budget independent films that were panned by critics. He would often earn $2 million for two days of work per film. Those working with Willis noted that he appeared confused, did not understand why he was there, and had to be fed lines through an earpiece. I had to look this up. He did over 20 movies in the past three years. A majority of them were like direct-to-video. Listen to this quote from a director, one of these films. He said, uh, They stated that he was happy to be there, but that it would be best if we could finish shooting by lunch and let him go early. Filmmakers proceeded to quickly film the actor's parts, even as Willis questioned where he was. I know why you're here, and I know why you're here, but why am I here? (laughs) Oh, Jesus, man. This guy was an American icon for a long time. It's just sad to see it end like this for him. Like The Sixth Sense, still a phenomenal movie. I was obsessed with that story for a long time. Just the way it was filmed and how well acted it was. And then you feel like a real dope at the end, right? Because you, you could have seen, you probably should have seen the twist coming, but you get caught off guard. And I think that's what excites us about, you know, stories like this. We get duped, so we have to go back and see it again and see where we were duped. And then we still can't believe it. You know, this guy was complaining the other day about double standards between men and women. He said that his girlfriend was always stealing his shirts and his sweaters and wearing them which he doesn't mind. But the minute he takes one of her dresses and puts it on, it's like, we need to talk. Now, I have so many things on my list here that I want to hit on. And some of them are kind of dated now, it seems. It's like people couldn't stop talking about the, the Oscars. Like a month ago, this happened. They're still talking about it. But the Academy, they decided, we got to kill this thing. So they pushed their meeting to vote on what had happened all the way up and then they banned him. They banned Will Smith from the Oscars for 10 years. More like big fucking deal, right? He can still be nominated and win an Oscar, which is probably never going to happen again. He's just not obligated to attend. And that's doing him a favor. You know, they don't want to go to these shows. The studios aren't going to want to touch him now. But a lot of facts about what went on backstage helped that narrative, right? So we knew why he was allowed to stay. Chris Rock didn't want to press charges. He didn't want him to have to leave. He didn't want it to ruin the show. So, you know, Rock took the the high road. But the whole thing is that it's become apparent 
just how much disdain celebrities have for comedians who get up there and make jokes about them because they're very thin-skinned people. And Ricky Gervais, uh, he had it right. He said they're disconnected from reality. They live in their own bubble. They wipe their asses with $100 bills, these people, you know. They're the high-maintenance bully of a bitch high school cheerleader who treated everyone else like they were trash because she was the prettiest, she was the most popular, right? She was the girl who dated the cutest guy in school. And fuck you if you think you're even worthy of me talking to you. That's how a lot of these people think. And that's why Gervais would be so brutal to them. Telling them to shut up, to accept their award, piss off stage left, no one cares what you have to say. Years of that led to this. So they were actually happy that Smith did that to Rock. But the real villain here, as I said, was Jada Pinkett Smith. And I think now it's becoming more apparent to people. She acts like a queen. It's the most arrogant of all of them. So when Rock made those jokes, you know, about how he doesn't care if she boycotts the Oscars, she has no right to be there anyway. She was waiting for Rock to come at her again because of course he's going to. That's what he does for a living. But she manipulated Will so much, she knows she can do or say anything and he'll continue to kiss her ass and do whatever she wants him to. Never again. I've been that guy who got less than he deserved, publicly ridiculed at times by the person I was with. And yet I stayed in the relationship. That's Will Smith. That was me. Back when I really didn't respect myself enough. Deep down, right? To continue to fight back. And if I did lash out, I was just beaten back down like a submissive puppy. That's not a relationship. That's jail. And the best thing this guy can do for himself now is to get a good therapist, get his self-esteem built back up, become a stronger Will Smith who stands up for himself, and walk the fuck away from her. But that's just me. I'm never going to tell anyone how to run their life, but if that was this new and improved Phil Nagash, not only would I never have assaulted someone, but I'd not have been sitting side by side with her in the first place. <laughs> side by side. <laughs> what was her name? Lapita Nuango. She was sitting next to him. She was sitting between him and his wife. That should have been a sign right there. Ah. Uh, I don't want to talk about this stuff anymore. I listened to this clip from a podcast that David Spade and Dana Carvey have. And they had talked about this. These guys were all on SNL at the same time with Rock. And they gave some insight to a lot of this. They were bullied when they were kids. They were smaller and weaker and couldn't really fight back physically. Which is why they found a new tool to fight with. Words. Like, you want to hurt a bully? Humiliate them in front of people. They hate that shit. So here's Rock, bullied as a kid, becomes one of the funniest comedians of our generation, being physically bullied on live TV for, for telling an innocuous joke, and people cheer. People, celebrities can kiss my white ass, honestly. They make me sick. All right, and that's the last I'm talking of that shit. Yeah, so this Russian man had been living in the U.S. for about 10 years and then finally goes for an eye exam. And the doctor shows him this eye chart, and it reads C-Z-W-X-N-Q-S-T-A-Z-K-Y. Doctor asks him, can you read this? The Russian man says, not only can I read it, 
I know the guy. He's my cousin. You get it? (laughs) It's dumb joke time, everybody. Oh, what else I got here? I was talking about my haircut. Why do I want to talk about my haircut? I got a cut a few weeks ago. I don't know what it is about me these days. I'll go like two months or longer between cuts now. Like I'll hold out until I I look like an Afghan hound. All right. And I always get the same cut, a taper fade. It's close to the skull, all the sides, you know, on the back. And then I keep it longer on the top. And that's the style I think I look the best with. And I didn't even know what it was called before. I was just telling what I liked and they'd give it to me. And it wasn't until I, you know, started spending time with a certain someone who was perhaps the single best stylist I've ever known. She was the one who told me what the style was. So now I just tell the stylist, taper fade, number two clipper all the way around, and stylist is off to the races. And I say she was the best stylist. I'm not just saying that. She was honestly amazing at what she did. I would come to visit her at a salon, and uh, this one day I got there, just as she was finishing up this woman's hair, she turns her around, has her look in the mirror, and I'm not joking when I say this, the woman started to cry. She couldn't believe how beautiful she'd made her look. Then, of course, she starts to cry. It was this whole thing. So the woman leaves, and I told her, I go, that was amazing. Has that happened before, where someone cried? She goes, it was rare, but yeah, that would happen. I I said, look, I've only cried once after a haircut, and that was because the guy made me look like I I should be competing in the Special Olympics. You shouldn't have to wear a hat every day for two weeks after a haircut, you know? Anyway, hey, look, I'm just happy to have hair. Men my age start to lose it. But this new stylist I go to now, she's like, she's the second best stylist I've been to. She's meticulous. Takes her time. Just gave me a really good cut. And then, you know, I, I like to tip heavy when I get good service. Then the Masters, man, that was something. People who don't even know about golf or care about golf will watch the Masters or at least pay attention to it because it's special. Like, this isn't a tournament that, as a player, you decide to play. Like, you throw your hat in the ring. No, you have to be invited. You have to have either won the Masters in your lifetime or a major tournament within the last five years or be, like, a current amateur champion or won a tournament on the PGA Tour within the past year. Like, if you're not a winner, you don't get invited. So the Masters is, like, the best of the best. It's like the all-star game is being played for four straight days. And it's also one of the hardest courses to walk. It's like 7,500 yards and it's hilly. So you have to be in really good shape or you're not going to make it deep into the weekend. And this only came up because Tiger decided to take the invitation and play in the tournament. And that was the big story. He started really well, but you know he just petered out, finished horribly. But the best thing about it is that it knocked... Will Smith off the trending list, right? So that was the new thing people were talking about. And in spite of how Tiger played, this has been just a miraculous story, right? Tiger Woods, he almost lost his life. And yet he felt well enough to play. Just to walk the damn thing's a miracle. But he's stroking the ball really well. And then last year, Matsuyama, he won it and became the first Asian Masters champion. And I couldn't have been happier. You remember that his caddy went to put the pin back into the 18th hole, took his cap off and bowed to the course out of respect? Don't think for a second that stuff doesn't go unnoticed by golf fans 
was perhaps one of the greatest things I've seen in golf. And I've seen some shit. But who really wins? The players, right? Because, and I talked about this last year, last year's winner will get to design the menu for the current year's championship dinner. And I knew it was going to be good. But listen, here's the menu. I did the appetizers first. Of course, assorted sushi, sashimi, nigiri, and yakitori chicken skewers. Perfect. Now, for me, that's dinner. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Yeah, the first course was a miso-glazed black cod in a dashi broth. And then the main course was Miyazaki Wagyu. A5 Wagyu beef ribeye with mixed mushrooms and vegetables. And a Sancho daikon. (laughs) God damn. And then dessert was Japanese strawberry shortcake. Fluffy sponge cake with whipped cream and Japanese strawberries. Oh, respect, brother. I don't think I've ever seen a menu like this anywhere. Serving A5 Wagyu at the champion's dinner? Come on, man. That's the kind of beef you don't even have to chew. Literally melts in your mouth. I'll never forget what Fuzzy Zeller said after Tiger won his first Masters. That was 25 years ago. Zeller was a racist piece of shit. They were asking him about, you know, Tiger becoming the first black man to win the Masters. And here's what he said. He said, he's doing quite well, pretty impressive. That little boy is driving well and he's putting well. He's doing everything it takes to win. So you know what you guys do when he gets in here? You pat him on the back, you say congratulations and enjoy it, and then tell him not to serve fried chicken next year. You got it? Or collard greens or whatever the hell they serve. <laughs> oh yeah, fuzzy. You backwards piece of dog shit. That was, this was a big deal, man. People immediately start hammering him for it. And then he has to issue a statement the next day. He says, my comments were not intended to be racially derogatory, and I apologize for the fact that they were misconstrued in that fashion. I've been on the tour for 23 years, and anyone who knows me knows that I'm a jokester. It's too bad that something I said in jest was turned into something it's not. But I didn't mean anything by it, and I'm sorry if I offended anybody. If Tiger was offended by it, I apologize to him too. (laughs) Misconstrued. I love when people say stereotypical shit, right, and then get called out on it. Then say they were just joking. Like, what if someone said that they hope Fuzzy doesn't bring his sister, I mean his wife, to the course with him next year? Because you know how those Southerners are. Oh, sorry, Fuzzy. Did that offend you? You know I'm a jokester. Misconstrued. Did you bring your banjo? <laughs> you going to tell me I got a pretty mouth? Oh, God. Oh, fucking Biden, man. He just kept pouring on sanctions on Russia. And then a couple of weeks ago, I read that he's targeting his kids. He's putting sanctions on his daughters now. And this shit's getting personal. If he can't get the people of Russia to turn on Putin, maybe he's thinking, well, maybe I can get his daughters, you know, to, to turn on him. Balls. Oh, God, this whole thing is just so bad. I mean, like another reason why I just couldn't. I couldn't turn the mic on and try to be funny. I had to stop watching news footage, which just made me feel worse. These guys were raping and slaughtering civilians, and you just can't get lower than that. This is what the Nazis did in Stalingrad. Now Russia's just repeating history, and I don't have the stomach for that shit. But on a more positive note, and again, this is also old news by now. It's been weeks. 
Lady Gaga is just... She's shown herself to be one of the most gracious human beings. Guy didn't watch the Oscars or the Grammys. Just caught video clips of a lot of it. And there were two standout moments with Lady Gaga in them. She's on stage with Liza Minnelli at the Oscars. And now Minnelli is now like confined to a wheelchair. Right? And Liza's kind of confused. She's unsure. And Lady Gaga was so sweet to her. She said, I got you, don't worry. Taking care of her. She wasn't sounding patronizing or anything. Just amazing how graceful she was with her. And it made it so special for Liza. Then at the Grammys, Lady Gaga, she loses out to SZA and Doja Cat for an award for best dual performance. SZA, I don't know. Do you pronounce that? You spell it out? I don't know. I'm out of the loop. Yes, this woman's on crutches, right? She's walking up to the stage and Gaga gets down out of her seat, gets on the floor on the ground to fix the train of her dress and then carries it right to the steps and lays it down perfectly so that, you know, SZA looks the best she can while she's up there. I repeat, loses an award and helps the woman out. That, my friends, is a decent, gracious human being. There's nothing not to like about her. You don't have to like her music. I love it. I love her attitude. I love her style. Just now I love her more as a human. That's positivity right there. More of that, please. We all need to be this way. Right? And I choose to be with people who are like this. They're hard to find. And when you find them, you keep them. I'm telling you, man, if you're a sports junkie like me, and I don't care what people have to say about it, I've been this way my entire life. It's getting worse. It's gotten worse over the years. This is the best time to be a sports fan. You know, we just had the Masters. We're going to have the Open soon. Formula One, you know, returned to Australia. NBA season ended, and the playoffs are on right now. Major League Baseball got started. We're going to have the Stanley Cup playoffs pretty soon. Soccer's heating up. We've got major tours and pro cycling, if you follow that. It's just nonstop action, if you're a sports nut. And honestly, there are so many reasons why I don't like gambling. But one of them is because of my love of sports. Like, if I gambled on sports, it would become a problem. And just like alcoholism, right? If you're trying to quit drinking, you don't go to bars. So if I had to stop gambling, I'd have to stop watching sports because I think that's probably the, the kind of the same type of temptation. I mean, you can pick a team that you'd like to win, maybe place a fake bet in your head if you want, take the points or the over-under, you know, the money line, whatever. Place a fake bet in your head, right? That way, if you lose, you only lost to yourself. And that probably sounds naive to people who gamble. I know. I'm not a gambler. So I don't understand the thrill of the chase like that. It just sounds dangerous. Like if you drink too much, you're gambling with your health. Right? So that's the rub there. I just think that moderation is key for people who do any of that shit. Like if you gamble, maybe keep it light. No, you want to gamble 25 bucks a week. All right, that's not horrible. Have fun. Play small bets. Just makes me sick. I'd watch my friends playing poker for money. And one of my friends would run out of chips. He'll buy back in with a $100 bill. Just throw $100 on the table. That is real money. Right? That's food money. And that is not my bag, boys. All right. So, I watched this documentary a couple weeks ago about men who seek mail-order brides from Russia. And man, was it ever frustrating and sad to watch. 
The movie was called Love Me. And it was okay. I mean, the, the production value wasn't like great. Anyway, it follows these American men who get caught up in this website that links you to women from Ukraine who seriously, they look like supermodels. I mean, the pictures were outrageous. And you know the saying, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Well, for the most part, that's true. If these guys are paying 10 bucks for every email that they sent to these women through this service and then have to pay $10 every time they would reply to their emails. And the women would almost always attach two additional photos to their reply, which costs an additional $10. So every time they'd communicate with these women, it was costing them 30 bucks. Now do the math, and it adds up, and it starts to sound like a scam. So this is going on for months. One of these guys finally says, look, I'm, I'm close to 10 grand into this thing. I want to travel to Ukraine to meet you. So she says, okay, come and see me. So he flies out there, goes to this club where they're supposed to meet. She never shows up. And these guys, all of them, are swinging way above their batting average. All right, I don't want to sound mean or sound like a dick, but none of them are really all that attractive. Most of them are overweight. They don't have very engaging personalities. No surprise they're at this point of desperation, right? Because you'd have to be desperate to do something like this. I think there were a total of six men that he followed. And only two of them actually panned out and successfully lured these women to come to America and get married. And the girls did seem genuinely happy. But the rest was a shit show. I worked with a guy who did this. And this guy was a bit of a creep. right? Vanilla personality had this massive ego, very arrogant. He had hit on a girl in our office who had a serious boyfriend at the time, and she demanded that he be fired, but the company deemed him too important to let him go. So she quit, and he ended up on one of these websites, found a Russian woman, desperate enough to marry him, brought her back here, got married, they had a kid, then she dumped him. That's usually how these stories end. You have serious questions, right? How can these young, attractive women be single in a situation like this? Well, one of them starts to explain that it's customary for a woman in Ukraine to be married young. If you hit 30 and you're still not married, no one wants you. And then she said, Russian men, Ukrainian men, it's a high percentage of alcohol abuse. So a lot of these women don't want to be with an alcoholic. These guys all want women to be subservient. Now, be a housewife, take care of the kids, cook, clean, and give me sex whenever I want it. I don't care what country you come from, right? What culture. Women are pretty universal. That's not the life they want for themselves. And even if they do get married young, it rarely lasts. They'll have kids, they'll get tired of being treated like a slave, and then file for divorce. And who the hell is going to want to start dating a woman with kids? Guys like this, that's who. Because <laughs> no one else will have them. These are guys who sit around, play video games, they eat like shit, they don't exercise. They make excuses why they can't exercise. One guy says, yeah, I've got bad knees or whatever. They develop zero social skills. And then they wonder why they can't meet the woman of their dreams. I thought about it. I'm, I'm like, look, it's like going fishing, but never casting your line in the water. You just sit in your boat, eat Cheetos all day, and wait for the fish to jump into your boat. That's not how it works. You have to have skill, patience, 
perseverance, you know, to, to, to actually catch some fish. They're not coming to you. They're not going to jump in your boat. If you don't put forth an effort for things, we have success, a good career, getting fit, losing weight, meeting the right partner. It's never going to happen. One of these guys goes to Ukraine. The girl totally rejects him. And he says, fuck this. Fuck this place. These people are rude. They're angry. I don't think they like Americans very much. And then he leaves. He cuts his losses and returns to America. Actually finds someone the old-fashioned way. And this is why I don't like those dating apps. Isn't part of the thrill of meeting a partner actually putting yourself in social situations? Like, sure, it's more work. Requires more patience than simply swiping through profiles and choosing the people you find attractive. But more often than not, it's superficial. If you cut to the chase, you're, you're missing out on all the vital signs that can save you heartbreak later. Like one of these men, was an Australian guy, was way too old for this chick. He, he, she looked like a, a younger version of Melania. And this guy was an absolute creep. Talks about her younger daughter and how attractive she is. Then she agrees to marry him in Ukraine, but doesn't want to move back to America. So he comes back here, continues to message her, and she tells him basically she's not interested. But he's confused, right? Because she agreed to marry him. She stops responding, right? So he decides he's going to fly back to Ukraine to see her. Totally does not get the hint. Like, she's not into you, dipshit. He gets her to agree to see him. She shows up and flat out tells him, she should never have married him. Uh, she made a mistake. And then she tries to leave, but he won't let her leave. He wants to talk it out. It's uncomfortable to watch. This guy's in his late 50s. Looks like he could be her dad. Trying to hug her against her will. It's like Pepe Le Pew, man. She's repulsed by this dude. So he asks for the ring back. She makes up some lame excuse. She's not giving him the ring back, you dope. He got duped. So he flies back, demands a divorce. She won't give him a divorce. Like now she holds the cards. She can wait as long as she likes, file for divorce later and take him to the cleaners. Like I said, shit show. You want to feel bad for these guys, but for some you just can't. They're grade A losers. They had it coming. Get your shit together. There's this other thing. There's this article that my brother sent me. Straight people need better rules for sex. It kind of stated what I've been talking about here. Well, at least talked about it last year, I think. If you talk to young people, they're not happy. They're having less sex. They're having it much later in life than our generation did. And definitely having less of it. Nearly half of American adults, mostly women, say that dating has gotten harder over the past 10 years. It was the Pew Research Center reported that half of single adults have given up on it. Given up on even looking for a relationship. Rates of sexual activity, pairing up, even getting married. The lowest they've been in 30 years. And there's a new term they use. Heteropessimism. It's a feeling that is usually expressed in the form of regret, embarrassment, and hopelessness. Now you'd think the opposite was true, right? This is the golden age of sexual freedom. Everyone should be banging away. I think that's run its course. And you know what I blame? Porn. It's too readily available. I know men, all right? They watch it a lot. Giving men free porn is like giving them free beer. You know what happens when you offer men free beer? 
They turn into alcoholics. Imagine what free porn is doing. They're no longer interested in having sex as often, if at all. And when they do, that's when the truth comes out. Why do they seek relationships? Is it for the sex? For companionship or deep connection with somebody? Give these guys free access to porn. That's going to answer that. I understand it. But I think what's available now is kind of gross. And women are degraded, choking, spitting, sharing. It's it's a complete 180 from what it was back then. And I think it's a sign of how a lot of younger men perceive women. So you meet them, you get a glimpse into their mindset. And you can talk all night. Everything's fine. And once you enter the bedroom, that's when the truth comes out. And from what I can gather, the truth ain't pretty. So it's no wonder women are, are putting walls up. These guys in that documentary, they're not looking for a life partner or a best friend. They're looking for a hot fuck doll that they can that, that can't talk back because they can hardly speak enough English to curse you out and tell you what a piece of shit you are. You want to know why vibrators are so popular? Because they serve one important purpose and they don't make women's lives miserable. Also, men don't vibrate. Unless you decide to have sex with a dude that, you know, has epilepsy or something. <laughs> Ugh. So I went to dinner a couple of weeks ago with a friend of mine and her family. Great people. Really nice, nice time. And this shows how little I get out. There's a trend in restaurants now. A lot of them will not hand out actual menus anymore. And I think I know why. Here's my theory. It got too expensive because food prices were going up due to inflation and shipping and printing and laminating costs were going up. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. All I know that it's a pain in the ass because now you're asking customers to, to know how to use a QR code reader on their cell phones and then also have strong enough cell signal to reach the site that has the menu on it. I use readers all the time now, right? I don't like taking them with me in public because... I don't want to, you know, looks like I'm getting older. I'm, I'm definitely getting older, but I don't want to look like it in public. So for me, I don't mind it too much because I can zoom in on my phone and read shit. But it's a problem for a lot of people, and I totally get it. You can fix this by just printing menus and leave off the prices. Let customers ask how much a dish is, and the waiter can tell you. But here's the worst thing. We were a semi-large group, and we were at P.F. Chang's. All right, that's a big chain restaurant here. We wanted to be able to split the bill. So everyone paid for their own orders. Instead of writing separate checks, the waiter made one check, but said that we could scan the QR code at the bottom of the check, which would take us to another site where you could pay for what you ordered online. Again, with the QR code. We had older people at our table. All right. They had cell phones. They've got no idea how to use this technology. They have no idea what a QR code is. You think you're making these things more convenient. You're actually making people not to want to have that experience again. When it was all over, we were confused as hell because we weren't sure if we'd paid the entire check. We had, but it didn't make it easy to tell. I'm all for technology, but when it becomes laborious and an outright pain in the ass, I yearn for the old days. I've been in bigger parties than the one we had. Our server had no problem making separate checks. If you're a smart waiter, you do this for larger parties because people realize what a pain in the ass it must be for you, and you'll end up getting more than a 20% tip from people, just out of appreciation. But this is the kind of stuff that made me not want to go out to eat for so long. Like, for one, I love to cook at home. 
And unless I can order something that I can't make as, as well at home, why bother? But now it's about being with friends and hanging out. It's more of a social thing. And in most cases, I won't even order food. I'll have a beer, drink water, enjoy everybody's company. I limit my meals on most days anyway. But if you're going to dinner, you're going to order dinner. What I had to stop doing is make one of my vegetarian days on a weekend because usually that's when I end up going out. And I'm not ordering a fucking salad in a restaurant, all right? Just because a trained monkey can make decent salad. But I don't trust lettuce in restaurants. When I buy greens for salad, I make sure it's not on a recall list. Lettuce, spinach, kale, arugula, Swiss chard, anything. You want to know what kind of a food nerd I am? I have a site I go to that lists all current recalls, and I get alerts sent to me when something comes up. And I'll tell you why I do this. As an example, I got a friend of mine, not going to name him, was on a ski trip recently with some friends. They went out to eat one night. Everyone had the same side salad with what they ordered, and every one of them got food poisoning. And they got the carte blanche of food poisoning. You know, the one that keeps you chained to the toilet all night with a bucket to puke in while you're spackling the bowl. That kind of food poisoning. See, restaurants order from ConAgra food producers, and they're not always from the best farms. The kind of farms where the bosses won't let the pickers take bathroom breaks. So these guys are forced to take a dump wherever, and eventually, fecal matter makes its way to the lettuce patch. I don't mean to be gross here. That's the reality of it. I talked about this many years ago. Even uh, interviewed Sean. You remember him? Early days of my life as a foodie. He uncovered dirty truths about growers. It's enough to make you not want to trust food at all. Here you are trying to eat something healthy, a salad. You end up with a nasty case of swamp ass. You know, you know dogs will eat pretty much anything, right? They treat cat shit like candy bars. They'll eat the newspaper, right? You name it. Well, this woman had posted last week that her dog recently ate a bunch of Scrabble letter blocks. You know, the, the, the little wooden blocks with letters on them. So they had to rush the dog to the vet, get him checked out, get him treated. And someone asked her if there were any updates on her dog. And she just said, no word yet. I'll let you think about that one for a second. <laughs> listen, listen, not all of them are gems, okay? This is a swing and a miss. All right, on that note, I'm taking the show out. Again, I appreciate you listening to me blabber today. Sorry, this... I don't even know if this was fun or anything. I hope you guys have a, a great finish to your week. Have a great weekend and uh, make the best of it. Until next time, my name is Phil and this has been Inane. Ciao.